What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Thursday. You know what that means. It's time for some fantasy talk. Worth noting, Damon Harrison traded this morning from the New York Giants to the Detroit Lions. That doesn't, does not necessarily, uh, maybe it impacts fantasy. We'll talk to Heath Cummings about that. We'll also talk to Kelly Stewart for the first time at Kelly in Vegas about some leans on the super contest stuff and the odds this week. But joining me now, as he always does, as he is kind to do, uh, Heath Cummings. What's up, buddy? Yeah, snacks. Snacks sound good. Snacks do sound good. Lions got some snacks. What is, I think it does matter for fantasy. It, it, I think it does too for, for two reasons actually for both teams. But before we get there, what is your favorite, uh, snack? Like, like non, like what is your favorite kid snack that you indulge in that, that, you know, is a snack that is acceptable for adults, but you probably shouldn't be eating? Yeah, I don't really do the sweets thing. No, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like, uh, like Cheez-Its or Goldfish or. No. Really? Good I, I, I am ter- like, no, it's not that I'm good. Partially it's that I drink so many calories that I feel like I can't enjoy this. But like, I'm really happy with chips and salsa or chips and guac. Mm. I'm really happy with like peppers and hummus. Like, mm. that's healthy. That but is healthy. That's a good idea. Basically anything with salt. Just okay. inject salt directly. Like, coffee, salt, beer, coffee, salt, beer, repeat. <laughs> Actually, pepper, I might start switching to peppers and hummus. I gotta get, I'm like eating, like, I'll buy this box of like Cheez-It Grooves for Robbie, like for Robbie, and, and then it'll be gone in 48 hours. My wife's like, what, why did you, what, the, did one, you? the one thing I will say around Halloween that I do kind of enjoy is I always try, try to get my wife to buy the SpongeBob Krabby Patty snacks. I've never had those. Awful, terrible, <laughs> nothing redeeming about them, but there's something about, like, I'll just, I'll eat six or seven of those. <laughs> Uh, they're tiny, tiny little Krabby. They're like Krabby Patty burgers, right. and there's nothing real in it. Like it's just things for you. Could tell me it was rubber, and I would believe you. Mm. Um, but I enjoy those. It's like modern Sweden Swedish fish. All right, uh, back to back to the actual snacks player. How does um, how do these trades? And we'll get to Thursday night football in a second, but I think the trades are interesting. You know, this is now uh, Eli Apple to the Saints, to the Saints, and Snacks Harrison to the Lions. Not, you know, Snacks is good, Eli's okay, but this is a complete deterioration, Heath, of the, the Giants defense. Does this improve Eli Manning's standing as a fantasy quarterback? I suppose it could. Okay. I suppose that's possible. I wonder just a little bit, like Saquon, it's been amazing what he has done. Mm-hmm. There have been multiple games throughout this year where the first three quarters it looked like, ah, is he finally going to have his first bad game? Because every other running back would be bad in this situation. And he pulls it out. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if he's not quite as reliable as a top three running back down the stretch. But more importantly, I think for this week, I don't think Eli Apple matters at all for this week. He could make the Saints pass defense better moving forward, but it doesn't matter with Cousins, Diggs, and Thielen. I think snacks matters a lot. Because the Seahawks, Brian Schottenheimer, I've said a lot of bad <laughs> things about him, but his plan is working to perfection. <laughs> They are running and running and running some more. And then whenever they throw, they throw touchdowns. And it's just exactly what he, he told us he was going to do. I think they are going to have a harder time running now than they were before. I'm going to downgrade Chris Carson because of this trade. And it's huge for Jamie Eisenberg's start of the week. Who? Adrian Peterson. Oh, Adrian Peterson. Oh, Adrian Peterson now gets to run wild against the Giants defense. Yes. And everybody's going to run wild against this Giants defense. They weren't a, really that great against the run in the first place. They are going to be awful now. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the I was thinking the, the Eli trickle down effect helps, but do you think it matters that this team looks like they're giving up? I mean, you lose a Monday night like that, and now you're trading all your. You're basically, I mean, you're on the side of the turnpike with a sign up that says anything, come and get it. Like you gave away snacks, who's the heart and soul of that defense for a fifth round pick? Does do you think it like? I almost worry a little bit about Odell Beckham. Like he could have some sort of episode where he takes himself out for the season. I know that's crazy sounding, but oh yeah, I wouldn't be like he could have an ankle injury that's just a twisted ankle and yeah. suddenly he's having surgery. So yeah, right. it's I, it makes me more nervous than anything about the Giants. Did you see Bill Barnwell's piece on the Rams? I did um, not. Bill wrote, and we I think we talked about this, but like, is there any reason to be worried about the Rams? If they if they win their next three or four games, about them sitting players in in the fantasy playoffs, would you be? I guess I was thinking along the same lines as Saquon Barkley. Would you like? I have this team in our auction league that I did, where I have Saquon. I, I'm undefeated. I'm seven and zero. I'm smashing everybody. It's the best team I've ever assembled. It's Saquon Barkley, um, Patrick. It's Patrick Mahomes, Saquon Barkley, Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, Adam Thielen, and Zach Ertz. I mean, it's, it's a perfect storm and I, I didn't even want to be in the league, but Dave needed a body at the last minute. So I, I did it and it's, it's the, but I'm worried that Saquon Barkley and Todd Gurley might be problems down the stretch. Like I'm going to go 13 and 0 or 14 and 0 and then I'm going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. I don't think you have to worry about anything until the, your championship game. And most leagues have gotten rid of week 17 because of this reason. We didn't think we'd have to deal with it in week 16, but if you look at their schedule, They've got the Bears in week 14. Mm-hmm. They've got the Eagles in week 15. I don't think you have to worry about either one of those games. But their last two games are the Cardinals and the 49ers. And if they're 13 and 1, he's sitting them. He's going to sit them. Have a two game lead on everybody else in the conference. I, I think he's definitely, we know he's sitting them against the 49ers. I think there's a chance they're playing a half against the Cardinals. So yeah, there's a, that's a slight, but, but I'm not giving up Todd Gurley because I'm worried about what ha- might happen in Week 16. Okay, all right. That's I, I mean, it's at least worth considering, right? I mean, like you got you can look at it if you're dominating your league. But I, I was looking at my dad was complaining he he wanted to trade with me last night, and I was looking at the numbers. Like Todd Gurley is so far ahead of everybody else in terms of points scored. I think there's 25 running backs that have scored 10 points per game, and then Todd Gurley's at 200 for the year. So you can't you can't give up on him. But I mean, it's yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep beating the drum a little bit. Well, I, I do projections for just about every player each week. And by their very nature, pro- projections kind of squish everybody together. Sure. Because you don't really project outliers. I have Todd Gurley projected for three and a half more fantasy points than any other running back this week. <laughs> oh my God. And I didn't, like, it's not because I'm like going in there and fiddling with things. It's just, it's, he's been that much better than everybody else. And now he gets the Packers. Yeah. And the, they're going to, Receivers are going to run wide open. They're going to hit Brandon Cooks. They're going to hit Robert Woods, and then they're going to pack it in and pummel Todd Gurley into that soft Packers defense. All right, Thursday night's game. It is a. Uh, it was a. It's the final. I think. So yeah. So Thursday night will be the final Brocktober game. I believe Brocktober will. The calendar will turn to Brockvember, uh, which means this is our last shot to see Brock Osweiler in October. Um, you're not playing Brock Osweiler, but do you trust anyone else outside of uh, DeAndre Hopkins in this pooptastic Thursday night game? Yeah, and I first off, I want to defend Brock Osweiler for a second. Sure, I believe he is the last quarterback to win a playoff game for the Houston Texans. <laughs> That's the very first. So point. Yeah. all these Houston fans that are saying, "Oh, we get to take revenge on Brock Osweiler," I, I'd be careful. Anyway, I am trusting Lamar Miller. Okay, I am trusting in most leagues. 
you either start three receivers or you start a flex. And over half of our leagues are PPR. So in all of those leagues, I'm trusting Danny Amendola. Oh, all right. He's been the target monster for Osweiler, and now there's no Kenny Stills. Now there's no Albert Wilson. They hate Devontae Parker's guts. <laughs> and so I I expect 10 to 12 targets for Amendola, and somewhere around 12 PPR points, hopefully plus a touchdown. Mm. So is Danny Amendola, and he has a nice schedule leading into their Week 11 bye, uh, dealing with a shoulder injury, uh, but like should play based on all reports. Um, yeah, they, 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 and I should qualify that he has been limited in practice. They have acted like it's not a big deal. Okay, um, is he somebody that you would be adding in all leagues for this week if it, if it's any sort of PPR format? I have added him in. I tried to add him in most of my twelve team PPR leagues. Ten team league, probably not. Okay, all right, interesting. Um, what about? The defenses here. Are you starting either of the defenses? Yeah, I'm absolutely starting Houston's defense. They're a top 10 option pretty easily. I don't want any part of the Dolphins' defense, and I actually think Deshaun Watson's a good start. Mm, okay. So you trust Watson, uh, Will Fuller? Trust Will Fuller? Yeah, yeah. With Kiki QT out, that was the only thing holding him back. When he's played and QT hasn't, he's been a target monster. Okay. All right. I like it. And uh, any chance you would, like a 16-team league, start Devontae Parker? I wouldn't start him, but I think it makes sense to add him. Okay. They don't like him, but they may have to throw he, to him, or maybe maybe they'll trade him. They'd love to. He doesn't like them. They don't like him. I mean, his agent called Adam Gase incompetent. He's like that's not a squeaky. If you're Odell Beckham, you might get away with that because that's a squeaky wheel situation. Like if you're Devontae Parker, who's just been a thorn in Adam Gase's side, you're not getting away with that. Like your agent can't call you call your boss incompetent and expect him to throw you the ball more, right? I. I I agree with that 100%, although I think I have also called Adam Gates incompetent before. Uh, I was going to say you called your, your own bosses incompetent. Good for you. Well, probably not. Well, well, technically, who do you, who, well, we don't have to get into the semantics of it, but I bet you have called, I bet you have called at least one fantasy editor incompetent in your day. I would say there's a possibility that I may have done that at some point. <laughs> or... um, all right, let's move along to other trade news. The Amari Cooper news was huge in that uh, Dallas gave up a first-round pick. Good for you, Jerry Jones. Time is a flat circle. Um, how much do you bump up Amari Cooper in your rankings, if at all? Dak's the only one on Dallas that I bumped up in my rankings, and, I, and it's not a huge bump. I think you're going to get the same thing from our Amari Cooper, at least this year, because what's he's, what he's been is an extremely talented, wildly inconsistent wide receiver, and I expect all of those things. And we don't have a very good history or a very long history of wide receivers changing teams midseason. I think it's one of the toughest positions to do that, because you've got to learn the new playbook. You've got to, which is easier in Dallas, because they only have four plays. But you also <laughs> have to poor with sure. the quarterback and it's a team that wants to run first. I expect Cooper will have some big games later in the year. I don't expect much early. Uh, this is uh, to me. If you have Amari Cooper on a team, he has uh, been given a bump in value perception. So I think the move would be to trade him if you can, because I, th- I think people look at this like, oh, well, he's going from the Raiders, who are god awful, to the Cowboys, who are at least you know decently competent. He's the number one option there. There's no doubt about it. But they run the ball first. They're not that good a passing team. Dak might not be better than Derek Carr, and um, they're you know they're more likely to be leading because they have a decent defense. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting question: is whether he gets a quarterback upgrade or downgrade. Mm. Um, I don't I, know what I think. I think volume wise downgrade. I think accuracy wise upgrade, or depth depth of target wise upgrade. Accuracy wise downgrade. I guess. <laughs> but sure. 
Sure. I mean, I, mean, I just think like Derek Carr doesn't because in that offense he just doesn't stretch the field. Um, what about in Oakland? Who are you, are you picking up? Jordy Nelson? Are you trying Absolutely. To... I mean, Jordy's the top twenty-five wide receiver for me this week. Wow. A guy I'm actually picking up in deeper leagues is Martavis. Mm. And I I tweeted something the other day about the Raiders receiving totals or something and. Martavis Bryant has 220 receiving yards, and the most common response I got to all the things about Cooper, Jordy, Cook, Martavis, people saying, wait, Martavis Bryant has 220 receiving yards? And he said it on 22 targets. Wow. Carr has been successful when he's targeted Bryant, and now Bryant should see an uptick in targets. Wow, that is that is really surprising, and I think he is largely unowned. I mean, I think, you, like, I'm in a league where you can start, you have to start three wide receivers and two flexes. I'm looking at it right now, and he is... He is currently unowned. I mean, just nothing sexy about his targets or his, his catches. But now that there's nobody there to challenge him and he's got some decent matchups in the next few weeks, Indianapolis, San Francisco, the Chargers, um, Arizona may or may not have Patrick Peterson and then Baltimore stinks, but Casey, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati and Denver down the stretch. That's not a, it's not a terrible little group of matchups. All right. Martavis is the guy to look at. Yeah. Um, the whole Raider situation is interesting, especially with Lynch out now too, because you've yeah. got the Martin Jalen Richard thing. You've got Jordy. You've got Jared Cook and they got the Colts. I like Jalen Richard. I mean, like he, he's a dump down machine. Like if, if the Raiders are losing, he's going to get a ton of targets and a ton of catches. If you're in a PPR league, he should be owned. Maybe, maybe every league. He needs more carries. Yes, he does. I, he doesn't need 18 carries in a game, but he needs 10. The, the guy can do stuff with the ball at his hands. Well, John Gruden knows what he's doing. He's taking us back to 1998. Um, we, uh, talked before Carlos Hyde was dealt to the Jaguars. Nick Chubb, uh, bumped. Uh, on Jamie, Jamie Eisenberg's birthday. Jamie Eisenberg got a, uh, a Chubb trade for his birthday. That's very exciting. Um, <laughs> uh, the, where do you stand on those guys? A, the Jaguar situation, uh, with Hyde and, you know, where he's like, cause it, that's the most perplexing one. And then with Chubb, are you trying to sell high or are you riding Chubb out for the rest of the season? I am not letting go of Chubb. I'm going to hold on to him. <laughs> uh, I, I believe he's a top 15 running back from this point forward. Wow. So if, unless somebody wants to really overpay, uh, I'm going to hold on to Chubb. I'm scared of Hyde. Well, hold on. Before you, I have a, I have a, I have a very specific uh, Chubb trade question because I, tr- I offer, we, uh, my buddy and I are in a league together. We offered, we had, we drafted Chubb. Uh, we offered Chubb and Doug Baldwin for Adam Thielen and got it rejected. And then the guy we offered it to came back with Chubb and Emmanuel Sanders for Adam Thielen. I don't think I'd do that. We did. We were like, no, we're not doing that. That's too much. Like if Chubb is a top running, there's no running backs this year. There are no running backs. And if Chubb gets 20 carries a, a week for the Browns, which is very likely or possible, he could easily be a top 10 running back down the stretch. The You know the buried lead in that whole trade scenario you just explained to me? Uh, no. All of you are convinced that Emmanuel Sanders is better than Doug Baldwin. That's a good point. We, all right, well, let's, where are you at on Doug Baldwin? I, I think that the, I, I want to see this week. There's a lot of different guys that this week is important for. I think he may be the most because I don't think with Snacks Harrison there, the Seahawks are going to be able to run the ball quite as much as they want to this week. And I feel like they may be playing from behind. Baldwin took a step forward last week. I think there's a chance after this week we're looking at him as a top 15 receiver again. Wow. So you- – this is a very quick turn from the seven weeks ago when you're like, well, I mean, like I know what I was like. I oh god, I drafted Doug Baldwin. Welcome to hell. So you were you're buying low on Doug Baldwin now if you still can. If I if I if I can buy low on him, yes. I'm not saying that that's definitely what's going to happen or that I want to pay that type of price for him. Right. 
But he's got the one good game, then we had the buy and everybody kind of forgot about it. If they have another good game here and then they get into a situation where they aren't quite as successful running the ball, it, it's the distribution between he and Lockett is what's going to be key. It's not so much, I don't think there's really much opportunity for both of those guys to be good in Seattle with as little as they're passing the ball. But if Baldwin takes back the clear number one role from Lockett and it's not a 1A, 1B situation, I think he can be right back close to where he was. All right, so well, Sanders, I mean, I guess you obviously should. I mean, if you sell him, you are selling high because he's third overall in wide receivers in a lot. He's top five wide receiver in a lot of leagues. Nobody expects that to really continue with Case Keenum. But the Broncos are kind of airing it out because they can't pass or they can't run, excuse me. They get KC again this weekend. They've got a decent schedule coming down the stretch, including a week 16 matchup against Oakland. Um, and he, I mean, his lowest total of the year, I mean, he's only been under 10 fantasy points one time this season. Yeah, and it's really like I don't know if it's a better idea because you can get more selling high with somebody looking at a schedule and seeing the Chiefs this week, or if you just wait until he absolutely crushes the Chiefs right. and then you want to sell high because I can't imagine they are going to slow him down. And the funny thing about the Broncos is they can run. They've got Philip Lindsay averaging like six yards per carry, yeah. Royce Freeman averaging four and a half yards per carry. They average five point three yards per carry as a team. They don't have to throw it around all over the place. That's the best in the NFL. That's weird. It is weird. And, but Demarius Thomas is not good. The only downside would be if you don't trade Sanders in a weird way. Like if he got traded to the Browns, that would be a nightmare. Or like, I mean, if he goes to like the Eagles or something, I don't think it's necessarily bad. I mean, Denver, Denver just feels like a good spot for him. He's just got a connection with Case Keenum and he's been the number one receiver. He's only been under uh, seven targets one time this season. That was against Oakland when he went four for four for 96 yards. So, I mean, but I think he's going to be good. He's in my top 10 receivers this week. I do need to correct myself. I said they were averaging 5.3 yards per carry. They're giving up 5.3 yards per carry. They're averaging 5.1. Oh, still, they're over five. You, yeah. we'll, we'll let you slide on that one. Okay. All right. So, but you, so you would take, would you take Doug Baldwin or Emmanuel Sanders rest of the season then? I view them very similarly right now. Hmm. Interesting. So I, I think I'd probably take Sanders just because it seems too cute to take Baldwin. <laughs> it does seem cute. Uh, but I just, I, I know when you, when you were saying that, it just kind of struck me that ah, it's just a foregone conclusion that Emmanuel Sanders is better than Doug Baldwin. That's, no, that's a, that is a, that is a, look, this is why you're better at your job than I am at, at, at my job or your job or whatever. I'm oh, no, you're, you're better at your job. I'm better at my job. You're better at your job though. But that's, that's why we, we have that's, that's why we have our jobs. Um, oh, Carlos Hyde, I interrupted you and somehow got off on Emmanuel Sanders tangent. Are you selling as fast as humanly possible on Carlos Hyde if he has a nice game against the Eagles? Absolutely. I don't think anybody's going to buy, and I don't think he's going to have a good game against the Eagles because their run defense is really good, and this looks to be like a committee until we get Leonard Fournette back, if they get Leonard Fournette back. And then when Fournette comes back, I don't think Hyde has any value at all. Like, There's a chance in three weeks we're dropping Carlos Hyde. Mm. Very, if, a very good chance. If Fournette comes back, plays a full game, and doesn't get hurt, Hyde's out unless you're holding him as a handcuff. And even then you got to deal with T.J. Yeldon. Yep. And we, and even then we don't like if the Eagles, if the, if the Jaguars get down, they're not going to, like Hyde's not going to be in there. It's going to be a com- total Yeldon game script. You know, if their defense can't stop the Eagles and the Eagles right. get up 14 nothing, Carlos Hyde's going to end up with like a six touchdown, six touch game. I mean, it's terrible. Uh, Dion, is Dion Lewis a buy low, by the way? Yeah, I don't know because he just had such a good game. Or, or I guess he's not buy low, but I mean, like, are you buying or selling that the Dion Lewis might be coming into Dion Lewis form? I am buying that he is the best running back on the Tennessee Titans. Get, and, and get rid of Derrick Henry. Derrick. He scored a touchdown at least. That was nice. I had to start him in, in the dynasty league that we're both in. So it was nice that he scored a touchdown. But I, 
I think he is somebody you look at that's a low-end number two running back in PPR the rest of the way. And before last week, the value was definitely much lower than that. Now I think it's probably pretty close to appropriate. Okay. Um, streamer, oh yeah, anybody else out there that you might, this is hard to project. This is easier to do in baseball, I think, in basketball. But it is fun that football is now in the same realm in terms of when we talk about trades and stuff. Like, you know, the NFL trade deadline has been terrible for years, and now it's actually impacting fantasy leagues. Like, you could win baseball and basketball fantasy leagues for years if you could if A, if you could project what sort of trades might happen and open up depth charts, and B, if you could jump on guys like as soon as the trade happened, um, who else could you – Chubb being an example, of course, for football. Who else could you foresee maybe playing time opening up for in, in, a, in a trade situation? The two names, and they're low end, but one's Devontae Parker, obviously. He could get traded to a team that doesn't hate his guts. <laughs> and the other is Tevin Coleman can walk after this year. Ooh. I think that the Falcons winning that game probably ruined the chances of this happening if they had lost to the Giants. And I think there was a better chance, but Ito Smith could be a, a feature back if he was out of the picture. Uh, I'll throw one more name in there as well. Cortland Sutton. Yes. If, Dem- if they can get somebody to take Demarius Thomas's contract, which is terrible. I don't think anybody will take it. The, I, then that trade, I did a trade piece that we talked about before we started the show, but in people can read it on CBSports.com. What about if they trade the Browns, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas? So basically like, give us a fifth round pick, we'll give you Sanders, but you have to take Thomas too. Not terrible. Or like, don't the Bills have like $700 million in cap space? Yes, yes. If they give the Bills fifth round pick to take Demarius. Right. Like the Offweiler deal. He would be, he would, but like Demarius Thomas would immediately be their best receiver by a substantial, he would be a rich man's Kelvin Benjamin because he's, doesn't work hard, um, is semi-reliable, you know, does it can't take the top off of defenses anymore. I mean, it's perfect. All right, there we go. Bills. Uh, I should. I'm going back and add that one. Demarius Thomas to the Bills to make everybody happy. But if Demarius Thomas gets dealt, jump on Cortland Sutton on your waiver wire. Uh, streamers in DFS. You have Derek Carr listed as your top streamer. Would you rather have Derek Carr or Matthew Stafford this week? I actually don't dislike Stafford because again, I don't think. The problem for Stafford has not been the way he's played. He was around 10 yards per attempt last week, and he's thrown a couple touchdown passes each of the last two weeks. He's playing very well. He hasn't thrown more than 30 pass attempts in almost a month. He hasn't thrown more than 36 Mm. since week two. I don't really believe the Lions are going to be able to do that moving forward. And so maybe this week against the Seahawks they will. After that, they've got a couple of games against the Bears. They've got the Vikings. They've got good offenses. They're going to be throwing the ball again. Stafford, I wrote it in the streamers piece. There is not a quarterback that I suggested for streaming that's in my top fifteen quarterbacks this week. Mm. So it's, it's a it's a it's a bad situation to have a, to yes. a quarterback. Would you um, would you rather have Russell Wilson or Matthew Stafford long term at quarterback? I'll still go with Stafford. Okay, he's got a lot, he's got he's got better receivers. Yeah, Stafford has a yeah, not a great matchup this week, but you could certainly add him and, and hold on to him. Um, and Russell is Russell. Russell has a good matchup down the stretch, but it's it's scary. Uh, Baker Mayfield or Case Keenan this week? I'm going to go with Baker. It's very very close. I, I have been a little slower to uh, get excited about Baker just because that receiving core outside of Jarvis Landry is so awful. Um, and I do think the Pittsburgh defense probably comes back off the bye and plays better than they have so far this year. But I, I would take Baker just slightly over Cam. He had his lowest uh, passing attempts game, full game, since he, since he became the starter against Tampa Bay, 34. They're going 41, 43, and 46. One would think if the Pittsburgh offense operates at maximum efficiency that Baker will be uh, closer to 50 yes. this week. Um, 
One would think. We'll see. Uh, and then uh, finally, oh, Vance McDonald, a must-add for anybody who needs a tight end? Absolutely. Yeah, he's at least five targets in every game but one so far this year. The Browns are not very good at defending tight ends. They're not as bad as they have been historically, but they're still not very good. Uh, anybody stand out to you from a DFS perspective this week? we got a much better slate on DFS. I finished uh, with some money here. I won 80 bucks. Pretty excited. Hey, that is pretty good. I, I did good in cash last week. My tournament suggestions were absolutely awful, which mm. means they're going to be awesome this week because that's exactly the way that it works. <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of that Colts-Raiders game. Ooh. Both gross. sides. Gross. I, I I know. It sounds really gross. But <laughs> I'm not in cash games, obviously. Yeah. In cash, you just do what everybody else is doing. That's fine. But I'm going to have a lot of Colts and Raiders in tournaments this week. Okay. Uh, so maybe some Andrew Luck, a little T.Y. Hilton? Some Luck, Hilton, Ebron. And that whole offense will be – we got Jack Doyle back at practice today. Ooh. If Doyle and Jack and Ryan Grant are back, that situation gets a little messier. But if they were both out again, I'll have some Chester Rogers because he only got four targets last week, and everybody said, "Well, Ty is back. Chester Rogers isn't getting any targets." They only threw it twenty-three times. Right. They threw it forty times like normal. He's getting eight to ten targets. Yeah, and they they were just up so big on a terrible Buffalo team they didn't throw. So yeah, I think uh, I think you see a big bounce back game from uh, Andrew Luck. All right, any uh, any good beer you suggest recommend? Yeah, I had a couple. I actually went to Orlando Food and Wine Festival last week. Oh, that's right. Right is the. Um, because I yeah, because the uh, the Chubb and High trade was go down. You're like people, you don't want my advice. I'm no, no I've been here for three and a half hours. I've had 25 different beers. Those things, those festivals will wreck you. Oh yeah, they did. Thankfully, we had Uber in a hotel room. We actually ended up at the hotel pool. Nice after the event, and they had a water slide, and there were six of us adults just straight down the water slide, <laughs> back out of the pool, up the stairs, down the water slide. Giggling the whole time. It was embarrassing. What, uh, what hotel were you at in Orlando? Uh, the Grand Orlando Resort. Oh, that's a nice one. It, yeah. was, it was fine. Yeah, the pool was nice. Um, so I had two beers. One at the festival. I'm sh- I think you've probably had it. St. Bernardus ABT12. I don't. That sounds familiar. It is. Uh, it's a. I believe it's a German beer. Uh huh. And it was fantastic. Okay. Very, very good. Um, it's a Belgian quad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have had that. Oh, with the, with the monk holding that. Yes, I've had that. That's good. Yeah, that's very good. And then Sea Dog has a brewery there in Orlando. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's, I had a Sea Dog Finder IPA. Okay. It's a New England IPA, extremely drinkable, filled the growler up with it, and took it home. All right. Sea Dog IPA. Make sure and check those out. Make sure and check Heath Cummings out on Twitter at Heath Cummings Senior. Read his work on CBSSports.com and uh, listen to him on the Fantasy Football Today podcast to get your daily fix of fantasy football. Thanks as always, my friend. All right. Joining the show now live from Las Vegas, Kelly Stewart. What's up, Kelly? How you doing? Life is good out here in Vegas right now. Uh, not too busy. I have a feeling this weekend is going to be an absolute monster. Why? Because I had such a crappy weekend last mm. week. Yeah. So last, but they, now that tends to happen to people who are like, like I think that, so all of us are in this, this thing with Team Odd Shark where we do the, the super contest. You, me, Nick Costos, Pete Prisco. And I think we all tend to follow like, like fairly like similar ideas in that. Like, you know, usually you don't go in the same direction as the public, right? Well, the, if the public has a big week, that usually means a bad week for you in the Super Contest, yes? Yes. And so what do they end up going? Four and one or something in the like, Super Contest consensus plays? Yeah, I was yeah. against three of them, went 0 oh and 3 mm. in the consensus plays. 
against them. Um, you know, and it's just one of those things. We also talk about this a lot in gambling. There's a regression. Yeah. You cannot pick winners week in and week out for 17 weeks, which is what makes the Super Contest so great. That if you can actually do that, there's so much luck that goes into it, you might as well buy some lottery tickets so you can win that $1.6 billion. Well, like, for instance, the Ravens, did you have the, you have the Saints, right? I did have so the Saints. You, See, you, I got lucky on that one. Right, like the Ravens, A, should have won that game, and then B, should have definitely at least taken it to overtime and had a shot to cover. I mean, you have to get lucky because you have to have Justin Tucker miss his first bleeping extra point of his career. Um, I, I had the Ravens, and then I, I don't know, I had like some other crap that, I think I went two and three. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's no different than the Giants covering on Monday night, right? Right. The back door was wide open, and I sat right there, and I go, oh, my God, the Falcons betters are about to have a meltdown. Yep. And, you know, because they went for that weird two-point conversion. I'm not a coach. I understand the math behind it. Still didn't really make sense at that <laughs> point in time. So you have to rely on Eli to get one out of two two-point conversions. And, you know, he's trying to rush it in. And I'm like, Eli Manning should never try to quarterback sneak it on the half-yard line. It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, hits Odell in the – like with inches to spare. I mean – that kind of stuff happens in the NFL all the time. I was I was doing the CBS Sports HQ show with Nick with Costos after that game, and they were like, the producers were like, "We need you ready now! Like you need to be ready." I'm like, "Listen, listen, okay? Like there's tons of time left in this game." And then all of a sudden, Eli's sneaking, and I was like, "Oh crap!" Like like I was like sprinting up. I was trying to like watch the game and sprint up to my office so I could do the HQ thing. And speaking of CBS Sports HQ. This is where I plug it. You're on CBS Sports HQ basically every Saturday and Sunday doing the Sportsline show. People can watch that live on, on their connected devices, uh, Amazon, Apple TV, Roku, uh, PlayStation, Xbox 360, wherever you get the, the CBS Sports app. It's, you get, this is like the best part of the weekend if you like gambling from 11 to noon on Saturday and then 12 to 1 on Sunday. You and Kenny White and Costos are out there dishing picks. And, uh, as I understand it, you're crushing them, right? It's been a really good season this year. So <laughs> we you. do this thing every week where we have our best bets. So if I only have to pick one game that I absolutely love, I'm usually pretty good at that. Uh, had a couple of eh, stinkers here and there. Memphis last weekend, yuck. Yeah. That was just a terrible pick against Mizzou. And, it, and it's going to happen here and there. But, yes, I think I'm 10-2 and two in my best mm. bets so far on the season, either in college football and NFL. So it's it's been fun. I, I really enjoy doing the show. You can watch it at cbssports.com slash live, and you can follow Kelly at Kelly in Vegas on Twitter. All right, let's talk some NFL best bets. And it's we're recording this peek behind the curtain. We're recording this on Tuesday night, so you know you have it narrowed down. Like you put, what do you put in your picks for? Because you're in Vegas, you can put in your picks on Saturday morning, right? I could if I wanted to, but I have entirely too much stuff to do. So I usually put in my picks. I just get it out of the way. I have this theory: think long, think wrong. So if you put mm. too much thought into it. I go down my initial card. I'm going to finish it up tonight. I've got Nick and I were just texting back and forth. I got about seven or eight. I'm going to narrow it down to five, and I'm just going to put them in tomorrow afternoon and just be done with it. Because by Thursday, Friday, even Saturday morning, sharp money is on this, blah, 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 this. Oh, this happened or that happened, and it starts to kind of get in the back of your mind. And, and granted, crazy injuries happen, and if that happens, then yes, of course, it yeah. might be detrimental to your pick. Right. Um, the only really stupid thing I did this year was I took the seven with uh, – <laughs> I laid the seven with Minnesota against Green Bay because I had gotten information that Aaron Rodgers was going to be out by oh, Saturday. Wow. I knew I was a complete and utter idiot for laying seven with Minnesota. I don't mind that, though. I mean, like, if you, yeah, if you thought Rodgers was going to be out, you take the seven. Or you, you're pleased with the minus seven pick there. All right, so this week – 
the card is interesting because it feels like it's uh, and we don't have the official lines, but we got a pretty good idea of, of what we're going to see. Uh, the official lines come out on Wednesday. So they would have come out by the time that we're doing this, uh, by the time the show is live. Um, but we do know that it's likely going to be seven plus points for Miami and Houston. That's kind of surprising, right? That's a lot of points. I get that the Texans are on a four game winning streak, but they suck. Okay. They're not good. They do. And this Texans team could easily have been 0 and 6 prior to last week. Yeah. Easily. And a lot of people don't realize that. Now, granted, we, Nick and I talked about the, the Jags Texans uh, on the show, and I said, "Listen, I'm going to lean towards the Jags here. Blake Bortles is not that bad. They're going to have a bounce back game." Correction: Blake Bortles is that bad. <laughs> they do miss Leonard Fournette that much, um, but I'm still not sold that this Texans team is as great as we saw on Sunday. So everybody, don't overreact. They've still dropped five straight against the number at home. As uh, Nick likes to always say, Brocktober. Guess yeah, what? Do I like Brock Osweiler? I'm a technical, I'm a Denver fan. Ooh. Uh, I, I like to uh, bet against them in many situations. But uh, betting against them with the Arizona Cardinals last week, not my brightest moment. Um, but yeah. I do think Brock headed back to uh, Houston has revenge something game? to prove. Revenge game? Brocktober revenge game? Listen, there's not a ton of revenge in the NFL. Like People talk about it a lot more in college. But I do think maybe he's got something to prove. This guy's throwing five touchdown passes and his two starts. I think he can keep it within a touchdown. So you're going to give me a touchdown and a hook? I, I got to take the Dolphins. I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but I'm going to get you guys. Really... I'm going to get you guys back for that seventy-two million dollars if it's the last thing I do. Um, it, it, it's but... not even that, but like, how funny is it that like you know they just kind of pushed him to the wayside after they gave him so much money? It's nuts. I mean, no, I agree with you. Like, it's just too many points to lay on a Thursday night against two bad teams, especially in a game that you know we're not talking about a huge over under here. It's not like supposed to be you know sixty points scored. That's um, actually a really good point there because the total is lower. You take the you points. Ha- yeah. You you take the points. You have to look at it from that perspective that those two are generally correlated. I mean, what unless Houston wins twenty eight to ten, I, I Possible, don't really see that happening. I don't. I don't but. either. Like their defense, their run defense is good. Pass defense is not great, but I mean the Dolphins wide receivers are banged up. They're, Kenny Still is not going to be there. Albert Wilson on IR, so they're rolling with basically Devonta Parker, who spent the entire week like crapping on Adam Gase for not playing. So I, I mean, I just like the I like the under in this game. I think it's going to be a lunker of a Thursday night game. The Jaguars and the Eagles are playing in London. The Jags are dogs by three, and uh, this is a heavy public game early, where it's eighty percent of the bets and eighty four percent of the money are on the Eagles. I I, I like this like Brocktober, Sir Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles in London is good. Blake Bortles in America sucks. Any chance that's a real thing? I, I don't know. I mean, he's two and zero in London, or is it three and zero in London? Three and zero, yeah. Three and zero in London. I mean, it's got to be a real thing. I don't know what's going on in Blake's mind right now, but he's got to get out of his own head if he's going to win this game. So one thing that we get uh, kind of an advantage of here in Vegas, and it gets posted on Twitter. I posted it today. We get a thing called look-ahead lines. So the Westgate puts out lines on Friday, Saturday, prior to the games being played on Sunday. So the look-ahead line was Jacksonville Pick'em. Okay? The Eagles lose to the fourth quarter to Cam Newton and the Panthers. Jacksonville gets blown out by the Texans, and the line moves three points. Did I miss something here? Right. So I think there is value with Jacksonville. Now, granted, I am not brave enough to probably pull the trigger on this one, not just yet. I wouldn't be surprised to see this stay on three. Even with all the public money coming in on the Eagles, if it moves to three and a half, that has got to be 
major, major money. And they know, the books know, if it hits three and a half, the sharp guys are going to hammer Jacksonville. So I think the three is the best we're going to get, but don't be surprised to see it hit two and a half until probably Friday or Saturday if the sharp guys are playing this team. I I have nothing good to say about Jacksonville. Not, like, not not really anything. Defense, the, the defense, defense is bad. Defense is bad right now. They had a players that's players their backbone player, for so long. Yeah, they got a player, so, players only meeting on on Monday, and like that. I don't buy that stuff. Like you got, see, you, got but you should. You think those so? are the kind of inside things I need to know. When uh, when teams have these players only meetings and stuff like this, listen, call. I know it's not a college show, but I get some good insight about Kansas State University. Kansas State had a players only meeting before Oklahoma State, and I was like, done deal. K State money line, and everybody's like, what? There's something about them getting together as a cohesive unit to talk about things and to kind of air some grievances. I'm hoping that that happens a little sooner than later. Let this team kind of let everything die down, go across the pond, and beat the Eagles. By the way, I wrote on Sunday in my column. I was like, I was like, you can see it now. There's going to be some kind of a players only meeting on, on like in the coming weeks. And then sure enough, Monday, first thing we're going to, we're going to, I actually, I do think though that like in this case, Jacksonville going every year to London is an advantage because like the Eagles are going to be adjusting to all of this in this time zone of their bodies and the Jaguars, a lot of these guys, cause they're, you know, the team that, it's a pretty similar team to what they've had for a few years are going to be used to it. Uh, you mentioned the Broncos and you like to fade them or bet them in certain spots. Do you like to bet them when they're getting 10 points on the road in a divisional? Oh, game? so I did a show earlier today and I had to Google it. Well, actually, you know what I did do? I went on Odd Shark and I said, I guarantee the last time this spread between these two teams was like Peyton Manning, whatever, whatever. And somebody was like, no way. And I, I looked it up. Odd Shark has this cool database. Yeah. Plus 10 on my birthday, circa 2012. And I was actually at that game. And I remember Broncos did not cover. Backdoor, late, they were shutting the Chiefs out a better part of the game. Chiefs score a late touchdown in the fourth quarter and Broncos just kind of sat on it. So that was, um, that was Peyton's first year, right? Yeah. I believe yeah, so. Yeah, it was, it was. And yeah. they, the spread was 10 and I think it ended up like 18 to 7, like some very weird score. Yeah. Um, so here's something I'm looking at going, okay. I told myself the last couple of weeks that I wasn't going to bet against the Chiefs again. That was last week with the Bengals. I'm very glad I did not take the Bengals. I leaned in that direction. Why? Because Kansas City's been consistently overvalued week to week. Are they overvalued here by now a team that's going to have seen Patrick Mahomes three times? Mm. I think so. Um, I have not pulled the trigger on this one yet. Broncos defense is much improved, but granted, Playing Arizona doesn't say a whole lot, uh, especially when you get two pick sixes. Um, you know, I do think that Vance Joseph is still in the hot seat here. He's not quite out of that one yet. So if he doesn't play, have his team play well in Kansas City, it's going to get really, really hot. Um, kind of weird. I don't know if you saw it. Chad Kelly. Yeah, I was going to ask arrested. you. How do you feel? Do you feel that? How do you feel about Chad Kelly? being in a cowboy outfit, walking into somebody's house, sitting on the couch, mumbling incoherently, and then getting beat up with a vacuum tube cleaner. How does that affect the spread here? Like, cause I, I do actually feel like that's sort of a red flag. Okay. So who was it? Akeem Talib shot himself. Yeah. Something else weird happened on the Broncos, right? So like, there's some really good stuff in Denver. We'll leave it at that. Legal, whatever they want to call it. I'm guessing he, they said he had no blood alcohol content. So that's I know. Right, can, right, right. That's the only thing I can guess. Um, but any kind of time there's like weird off the field distractions, I feel like it's never good. Granted, from what I've heard, nobody's really a big Chad Kelly fan except for John Elway. I'm guessing he won't be after this. So trying to figure out who the Broncos backup is going to be. I don't know if it matters as long as Case obviously stays healthy. This is too many points. 
But we now have a Kansas City team that has covered seven straight, unless, mm. of course, you bet the five in Denver like I did. God, it's it's tough to get in front of this train, but you're getting some value here with the Broncos. If you're a value better, that's the only way you can look. So not a super, probably not a super contest play, but you like the idea. I don't think I'll be on them yeah. in the super contest just because I need to know. If I'm actually going to bet them, it'll probably be Sunday morning after the public has just absolutely Bonked banged it. this line up. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's what we're going to see. I, I don't see a whole lot of people wanting to come in on Denver in this one. What do you think about the over-under there, 55? It's a, it's not that high. It's actually we're seeing these over-unders come down a little bit. Well, they, they are because Kansas City's defense is actually playing. Yeah. Where before they really weren't. Um, I don't remember what this total was when they played in Denver, but I feel like it was something really similar, um, like low 50s, yeah. and, it, and it got there late touchdown by Kansas City um, to win the game. And I feel like it's going to be kind of one of those yet again. If you like Kansas City, maybe look towards, I'm guessing, the under just because, which is usually not correlated with that big spread, just because their defense is going to have to step up and really shut down this Broncos offense. I don't think that they're a good defense by any means. They've just been improved, so it kind of makes me a little weary. Broncos obviously have a handful of good receivers, handful of good running backs. It's just whether or not cases smart enough to make good decisions you nailed the uh saints as i mentioned earlier on uh, they were uh it was what ravens minus two and a half it was kind, yeah, of, two and a half for the saints. kind of stinky but well, it was just a t- it was just a close game and the saints came away with it um baltimore's in the same spot they were in against tennessee a few weeks ago minus two on the road against a team that the public loves in carolina because they just stormed back against um Against the Eagles, 57% of the bets on the Panthers, but 64% of the money on the Ravens. Is, are you leaning Ravens here? I am not. So I have oh. a rule. And this is funny. Nick tried to call me out, uh, I think, on yesterday's show. and was like, you know you're going to be on the Ravens by kick. And I'm like, no, I don't bet road chalk in the NFL. Mm. So what That's I do, usually it's go down to the line, I just start knocking it off. Like I told you, I kind of lean towards Indianapolis, but I'm not going to bet them. I just don't. You will not get rich betting road chalk in the NFL. Um, yeah, last week you did get rich. If you bet the Pats, if you bet the Vikings, you got rich betting Rochuk. But so if, you, one, if you only bet one week a year, you can get rich yeah, doing it if you pick the I right bet, week. I bet you could do it. I think maybe it was last year or two years ago, quite a bit of uh, Rochuk yeah. hit. But we've been seeing these home dogs, especially this year, hitting. And I think we're going to see that some more of coming back this weekend. The books took an absolute beating. So I think we see some of that regression come back. And the Panthers might be one of those teams – I, the look-ahead line here in Vegas was Panthers pick them. Like I mentioned about the Eagles game, they win in the fourth quarter. Ravens lose on kind of a, well, to be honest with you, a very fluke miss PAT. Justin sure. Tucker's never missed one before. But I'm not sure why all of a sudden they're laying points here. Cam Newton was shut out for a better part of three quarters. But they're better at home. They've covered six of their last eight there. Ravens defense has been getting so much hype lately. So much. And I'm not trying to discredit them at all. Uh, but I think sometimes when you get – that amount of uh, press and be to- and keep getting told how great you are. Sometimes you have a little bit of fallback here. I, I like the Panthers plus one and a half. I don't know if it's going to make my super contest card or not, but it's definitely in my top seven. Uh, Bears, do you trust Mitchell Trubisky laying a touchdown at home? Minus seven. For the love of God. <laughs> that was so terrible last week. I felt the Bears was my favorite pick. Let's do this. Bears catching three and a half at home. The line closed at one and a half. I am holding the golden holy grail of three and a half, and it wasn't even looking good. I mean, I needed a Hail Mary just to get to overtime. It was terrible. Um, 
Do you I needed, trust Trubisky? You needed the greatest catch of Kevin White's career to almost get to overtime. And by the way, no Gronk. Uh, somebody else is not, who else is no Chris Ho? I mean, like, the, the yeah. Patriots are stripped bare. No, I mean, Sony Michelle gets knocked out. Game 17 to 7. And they scored a ton of points with this 38 on that defense. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this is, we're not seeing a ton of defense this year in the NFL. Um, I lean Chicago here. I don't think I'm going to be playing this game. I think seven is the correct number, but I will say the look headline was Chicago minus five. I think we're definitely seeing how bad the Jets played. Um, against that Vikings defense. So facing two good defenses back-to-back, I don't think it looks good for the Jets here, but you're correct. Laying seven with Trubisky is a little rough, and I think I will just stay away from this one. Uh, the Packers are heading to L.A., and the Rams are minus nine and a half. It's an insane number, and people still like, I think, the Rams, right? Or is the is the public on the well, Packers The here? public's going to be all over Green Bay, yeah. and that is why – so. This is my first thing. Whenever I see a line like this and I go, oh, my God, I'm catching nine and a half with Aaron Rodgers. That's how I like to think. Like, yeah. who, what would the average Joe guys think? And that is exactly my first thought. That was my first um, thought, too. Pete Briscoe's first thought, too. It's everybody's first thought. My Rodgers is the biggest spread of Rodgers' career. Absolutely. And the other two times that they've been catching double digits since 2007, they have covered both of those games. Plus, they're off a bye, but they're still banged up. I'm still not sure that Aaron Rodgers is even close to 100%. I will say this, 70% Aaron Rodgers is still elite. We've seen him be able to put together complete games, hobbling around with a knee brace. Um, this Rams team is by far the number one team. Uh, if you talk to anybody that does a ton of power ratings, number one team, this team's going to win the Super Bowl. Who knows if they really will or not. It's got a long road ahead. But the Rams back home, finally, after a three-game stretch, all this wins. is going to be a huge game for them, and I think that they may have something to prove. Green Bay's defense has been suspect since the very first game I went to this year versus the Bears. Mm-hmm. I could run on this Green Bay defense, and that is going to be the difference maker here. I lean towards the Rams. They may make my card just because I think a ton of people in the contest are going to play Green Bay. It is really hard to bet against Aaron Rodgers catching that many points, but I think it's the right thing to do. Uh, explain to me how a, and I know you're not supposed to tease across, um, oh no, I don't need to tease across zero. Explain to me how a teaser with the Patriots minus four, the Rams plus a half, and, uh, the, the Chiefs is a pick em loses. So what are you doing, a 10 point teaser? Three games, 10 points, yeah. Yeah, I don't see that losing. <laughs> I really don't. I don't, I don't know what juice, I don't know what juice you're laying with, with uh, that one, I uh, – th- no. Right, we're going to go ahead and lock that one in here. Um, I mean, I, I really can't. I, I don't – I don't either. Rogers, if Rogers I see, If you. anything, I see the Broncos beating the Chiefs, and that's not me being a homer. That's because I feel like two things with the Rams and the Chiefs. They're due for letdown spots. Does that mean it's going to happen this week? Absolutely not. We see these teams year in and year out kind of have that one stinker. We've seen the Patriots do it. We've seen the Eagles do it last year. Um and maybe it's not this week, but I, I feel like it could happen. And I feel like, if anything, it's going to be the Chiefs that lose that for you. It's definitely not going to be the Pats at Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo, I still am completely floored that they ever beat Minnesota. Like, I don't, I just don't know how I mean, that it's happened. It's insane. It's I, insane. Yeah. I didn't watch the game. I didn't have any action on the game. But I was like, wait, what? When I kept seeing, like, the score updates. And my buddy's like, hey, I'm getting plus 600 in-game with Minnesota. I have to take a shot, right? And I'm like... Good God, they're going to lose this game. Don't waste your money. What yeah. in the world? But, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. Ten-point teaser, 
basically everybody tees down to a pick em or less than a field goal or right out of field goal. Yeah. I can't wait to find out how that lose, how I'm going to lose that one. I think, I think you're right though, like KC and LA and New England to a certain extent are going to get everybody's best shot from here on out. Um, you mentioned the Vikings and, and beating the Vikings in Minnesota. The Vikings are a pick em at home against the Saints who are coming off a huge road win, back to back road games for the Saints. This game opened with Minnesota as a favorite and has dropped down, uh, public at 60% on Minnesota. I mean, 60% I know, on New Orleans, on New Orleans, excuse me. What's that? They're on. Public's on New Orleans. Yeah, sorry. Okay. So that's what's kind of like in my head here, right? This game should be three. Yeah. It was one and a half when I gave it out this morning. And you just told me it's now a pick em. I understand. We talked about revenge a little bit earlier in the show. The Sure, the Saints are looking for revenge. That 61-yard touchdown pass probably still hurts. They played a great game versus the Ravens. They held it close. But you're right. They were one PAT against the Ravens from going to overtime where they could have easily lost that game. Uh, Coach Zimmer has been an absolute ATS animal for me. I love this man. I bet against him last week, and he made me regret it so bad. I will be on the Vikings this week. I mean, if we can get a pick in the Super Contest, uh-huh. oh, my God. And it's Sunday night in a place that is really underrated in terms of home field value. Like, the Vikings, that place is loud. When if you've never been there, it's I was incredible. there for the Super Bowl. They're, I, mean, they're, I mean, it wasn't a home game, but they're blowing the horn, and they're like, I mean, it's intense, and it's scary. Everson Griffin back to football activities this week. So I, I'm with you. I, I probably have the Vikings in my you – know, I like the Vikings – Initial, I like the Saints initially. Then I was like, wait, no, this makes no sense. The Vikings should be there. Uh, all right, what else pops out to you? Because we're gonna we gotta get you out of here. But what else pops out to you um, about this card? Any other game I didn't mention? There's an interesting uh, line here: Cincinnati, Tampa Bay. Too many points. Now, granted, I'm not rushing to the window to back Jameis Winston and or that defense after they blew that lead to the Browns and got taken to overtime for the Browns' 88th overtime game of the year. <laughs> uh, but Cincinnati, I mean, let's be honest. They are off that terrible game against Kansas City. Scored 10 points. The look-ahead line on this one was 5.5. It's 4.5. I don't know what you're seeing right now on your screen. I didn't pull up my screen. but 4.5, yeah. Yeah. This should be a three-point type game. I can see Tampa Bay catching Cincinnati at home and just possibly getting a win here. I don't see, I don't see Cincinnati bouncing back well. I'm not sold on Andy Dalton. I used to be a bigger fan of his, and he's just when he's bad, Andy Dalton, he stays on that streak there mm-hmm. for a little bit. Um, and like I said, they just offensively, 20, 21, and 10 since Tyler Eifert's been out. That's one of his best weapons. Like I said, the Bucks defense. Looked really good. I actually picked them up in fantasy because my team was on a bye. And I had like 30 points at one point in time. I'm like, yes, huge score. And then I think I ended with like 11. I was like, thanks, guys, for giving up all those points late in the fourth quarter. That's how the Bucks do. I uh, I picked up the Cardinals in almost all my leagues instead of the Broncos. That worked out very, very poorly. Oh, no. Oh, no. Thanks, guys, for that. Uh, All right. We're going to get you out of here. you got to go do – you're constantly working. And so you I'm go, constantly working. You go I work. am. It's it's great. I will not complain about being busy. Follow Kelly at Kelly in Vegas on Twitter and uh, check her out on Sportsline and CBS Sports HQ. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you.